The books on the shelves of my first grade classroom were my gateway drug to storytelling. They were a little short though, always came out like bathtub dope. Trash. What up everybody, my name is Ace, and you're listening to my stupid lovely brain. episode of my stupid lovely brain i'm titling this one horror movies and stand-up comedy or how i fell in love with storytelling now don't get me wrong i hated school but i loved to read they had these books on the shelves of of, of the classroom uh but they were dumb uh i don't know how to put it but they were just I mean, I was, you know, I was like five or six, but they were for kids. I was like, these are ridiculous. And uh, snuck into the library one day and started to look around. And I think, I'm pretty sure um, after I got bored looking at all the Dr. Seuss books, I journeyed over to the older kids section of the library, if you will. And I found scary stories to tell in the dark. And I thought those were pretty cool, but again, they were they were short. I got through them relatively quickly, and I lent them to my older brothers, and we all loved them. I'm not you know I'm not bagging on scary stories. We we loved every one of the books. We even uh, came up with a melody for O'Reilly is dead, and O'Leary don't know it. Uh, that was fun. Uh, but I was also reading things like Hardy Boys. Um, God, what else was there? You know, things, just things like that. Um, the Scholastic Book Fairs. You guys remember those? Did they do those where y'all live? Scholastic would have, it was like once a month or once a year. I don't know. I can't remember how often we did them, but I loved those. Oh, man. That was my watch telling me it's time to rest. I'm resting. But no, we had the Scholastic Book Fairs. Burke, Bark, Burke. We had the Scholastic Book Fairs, and I uh, fucking love those things. I would always make my parents order me a bunch of them, uh, books and magazines. I'm trying to think of a couple of examples of some books I ordered before Goosebumps came up, because we're getting there. We're going to get to the Goosebumps books soon. You know, it's crazy. I can't think off the top of my head what books I would get from... You know, I, think, I used to think my memory was so impeccable, but like, I guess exact titles from books that you got from a book fair in first grade... Even slip your memory, man. Um, I guess we can just move on to Goosebumps. Um, Goosebumps were a huge part of uh, helping me escape real life. Now, in second grade, at the book fair that Scholastic throws, I'm I'm probably saying that wrong. It's probably Scholastic, but there's only one O. So if I was at Scholastic, I don't know. People have always given me shit. Fuck you people. I knew in elementary school. Um, (laughs) um, Coming into second grade, there was a book fair sometime in second grade and there was this uh, there was a book a new book from a new author uh, well not a new author but a new book from this author goosebumps welcome to dead house and i was like ooh 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 I, you know, mom hey that one right there i want that one 
That's the first one I remember getting from the book fair. And let me tell you, I quickly became obsessed. I think he released just a couple more that year. Well, just a couple more. Jesus. I, they, they wouldn't come out fast enough for me, though. And I love that they were, yeah, I'll say it. They were scary. I mean, I was seven, so they, they scared the crap out of me. And I loved that. I loved that feeling. Of, I loved slamming the book shut and throwing it across the room and be like, nope, that's enough. Going to bed. Nope, can't go to bed. I guess I'll go get something to eat. <laughs> Wait, can't leave my bed. <laughs> yeah, good times. And I think that was the same year that I saw Monster Squad for the first time. Loved that fucking movie. Still do. That's a good one that holds up. You know, I heard about a documentary about that. Made by... I think it was the lead... Yeah, that wears the Stephen King rules shirt. I think uh, I think he grew up and made a documentary about the film. I'll have to check it out. So, yeah, Goosebumps, that's where I was. Yeah, I would consume those books. I mean, I think... By the time they were, he was starting to release them like three or four, uh, you know, a year or whatever. I would read them in a day. Just like, oh, okay, you know. And they were so short, bro. I mean, like, come on, Rob R. L. Stein, whatever your name is. I'm sure you could have released like twenty a year, but I see what you were doing. I don't think it was till I was like twelve years old that I got sick of reading all those damn books, man. At one point, he was releasing so many that I couldn't keep up. Actually, never mind, because I was started to get up to no good when I turned ten. But I'd still, you know, before bed, come home from all the mischief and settle down with a nice Goosebumps book. <laughs> um, but once those ones, uh, once the Goosebumps books weren't enough, uh, I stopped kind of being scared. I started watching a lot more horror movies. Um, let's see. There's that movie. I started watching a lot of Alien movies. Fire in the Sky. Oh, man. Fire in the Sky. Alien. Aliens, of course. Fuck Alien 3. Um, um, the It uh, television miniseries came out, I think I was like seven or eight. Uh, that terrified me. Holy crap. You know, I'd have to actually look it up. I can't remember what year it came out, but I was, uh, I was pretty young. So, yeah, I got sick of, I'm not sick of Goosebumps, but I just grew out of them, you know. I was uh, heading into middle school and uh, didn't want to be seen walking around Snow Canyon Middle with a Goosebumps book in my backpack. I was at the uh, county library one day, 12 or 13, and on the new releases rack, I saw a name, a familiar, a familiar name. I saw a familiar name, if I can say it. R.L. Stein, right there, boom, big novel, black cat on the front cover. Book was called Superstitious. I swiped it. Um, I was like, what's this? It was good. I remember it being really good. I, I remember it being a little bit, a uh, little tryhardy. Try Hardy. Hmm. I don't think that's a thing. Um, so when I was reading Superstitious, or is it Superstitions? God, I don't know. I should probably look this shit up before I start talking about it. Well, my mom noticed, and she's like, what's that? And I was like, oh, it's a, it's a book by the dude who writes uh, the Goosebumps book. She's like, ooh, is it scary? And I was like, yeah, it's intense. It's like a thriller. And uh, she's like, you know, you can borrow one of my books anytime. Now, my mom, she didn't read, like, the fucking romance novel bullshit. You know, she was into Stephen King, Dean Koontz, Tom Clancy, uh, Nelson Mill, uh, Robert Robert McMahon, McMahon. Oh man, I probably fucked that guy's name up. Oh. Uh, but anyway, so I think no, it was sixth grade. 
because we had a readathon and I brought superstitious, but it was going to be, I was going to finish it within like a couple hours and school was like, you know, eight hours. So I asked my mom if I could, you know, borrow one of her books, take her up on her offer. And I picked Nightmares and Dreamscapes because it was a collection of short stories by Stephen King. Yeah. Fell in love with that right away. I think I also re-fell in love with the uh, short story format. It's funny, too. I remember um, we would do one read-a-thon per semester. So we did four read-a-thons in sixth grade. And uh, most of the kids would just bring, like, board games and shit and, like, cards. I was like, you guys, this is a read-a-thon. A read-a-thon. I'm going to play a game-a-thon. You know, I don't know. I always thought it was funny. Not saying they're like dumb or anything. I just thought that was odd that I was the weird kid for reading during the readathon. <laughs> anyway, so after reading Nightmares and Dreamscapes, a few a few of the short stories. I didn't read the whole fucking thing, of course, during the readathon. But after getting into that book, I started watching it. The movies that were adapted from his stories. Oh man, I got I went down the rabbit hole. So you could say that R.L. Stein was my gateway drug to horror movies. A lot of people like to credit Stephen King, but you know Stephen King was a huge influence on my taste, and R.L. got me there. So when I lived in sixth grade, we lived in a town. Uh, well, a little suburb of St. George City called Bloomington. The ranches, to be uh, precise. And right next to the market, which was just a gas station. It was called the Bloomington Market, but it was just a fucking shit run. There was a couple little uh, little shops right next to it. I think it was one of them was, uh, I think it was an insurance salesman. And the end cap store was Bloomington Video. Fucking love that place. Pretty much every day after work, I'd ask my dad, hey, stop a Bloomington video, because it's right there on the way home. You know, you can go to the market, I can run to the video store, you can give me two bucks, you can run and grab a video. It was awesome. I miss video stores, man. Oh, man. I'll, I can make a whole episode about how much I love video stores and miss that shit. Streaming's great, on demand's perfect. Thought it was going to be cool. Thought I would never miss fucking spending hours in a fucking blockbuster Hollywood video, Bloomington video, rent a video, wherever. But I do miss it. But eventually my parents got sick of fucking hauling my ass up to the video store all the time, especially since, well, because they had to come, because I'd always want to rent the horror movies, and they would have to do it for me. <clears throat> I would even go... Uh, to the grocery store back in the day. Let me just wa wax poetic about uh, video stores real quick. Even in grocery stores, there was, they had, you know, you know slotted out a section of each grocery store, that, at least in my hometown, that I like big chain grocery stores. They had a, a video department, a place where you could rent VHS. So I'd always beg to go to the grocery store with my parents because I'm like, you know, I'm just going to get lost in, uh, in the video section. And... I'll set aside some videos with the clerk, and I'll be like, I'll go by my parents, and we'll see you later, you know? And I wasn't, like, pestering them. I would only get, like, $5 at least. You could only check out so many at a time, you know? And this was the early 90s. Shit was cheap as hell. Anyway. 
they got sick of taking me to Bloomington video five times a fucking week. So my mom asked the clerk if there was any way that he that she could just tell him that I have permission to rent pretty much whatever movie I wanted, as long as it's not X-rated. And that's when we learned about, they changed the X rating to NC-17. And that's how I learned about the movie Kids, but we'll talk about that later. Um, and the guy was like, uh, yeah, we actually have a, we actually have a little permission slip. And so they filled it out and, you know, now I could just rollerblade my ass on up to the Bloomington video store and get whatever I wanted. And that was fun, man. My parents would always be like, okay, hurry. And they'd come in with me and they'd be like, have you found anything yet? Uh, I fucking hated that. So having the freedom to just skate up there and fucking with a few bucks and grab a fucking movie for the night every day or just stop by after or have my dad drop me off after work and walk home. Good times, man. My brothers would always bug me a lot when I was trying to watch them. That's a whole other story. They used to bug the fuck out of me. That's what older brothers do, man. They beat the shit out of you when they're not beating the shit out of you. They bug the fucking crap out of you. So I would just rent videos, man, and I'd you know, get up, go to work, I mean, go to school, get off school, go to work, get off work, watch a movie, and listen to music all day, too. I remember I got a Walkman when I was, uh, oh, God, like six. Got it for Christmas with a tape, The Simpsons singing the blues. <laughs> it was like a, it was a bunch of blues covers uh, sang by the voice cast of The Simpsons. It was pretty funny. I loved it. I got a real kick out of it. I got made fun of for liking it, but I was like, no, you guys don't understand why I like it. I don't like it because I think it's, like, good. <laughs> I think it's fucking hilarious. And I think that's what they were going for. So, yeah. And, I, I mean, I realized really young that, like, this is all just telling stories. And, I was, and sometimes the stories were funny, and I liked that because my life kind of sucked as a kid. And uh, it was kind of scary. I think that's why I love scary stories so much, because no matter how scary the story I was reading or watching on the television screen or in the movie theater was, you know, it was definitely scarier than my real life. So that was a good way to escape from, you know, from that or like to tell myself, oh, man, you think your life's bad. Jesus Christ, at least you're not getting fucking chopped up with a chainsaw, you know, right in front of your friend. So I think that's what, what draws me so close to those two forms of storytelling and I, I didn't want to say genres because comedy movies can get fucked i really don't like quote-unquote funny movies they are usually not funny the only thing i like comedy wise that's other than just hanging out with my friends and fucking cracking jokes i like stand-up comedy and the impractical jokers those those dudes are fucking hilarious but other than that i'm more 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 about just storytelling you know like, you know how when you meet people, they're just like, oh, what kind of music do you like? What kind of movies do you like? Blah, blah, blah. And I just like to tell people, you know, I'm just a fan of storytelling done well. You know? I mean, I, like, the music I was first started out on was just whatever my parents listened to, which was, you know, garbage, pop, country, radio, bullshit. They did take us to a few concerts when, we were, when I was little, which was awesome. So I did, I did get to experience live music. At a really young age. It was country, though. I did get to go to a Beach Boys concert and a Willie Nelson concert. So, those two were pretty fucking awesome. Looking back. 
Definitely don't regret those. But the Aaron Tippin show, they wheeled him out in a stand-up toolbox and he burst out of it like a girl on a birthday cake. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm not the demographic for this. Why are we here? <laughs> uh, you know, so I was in, I was introduced to concerts, you know, books, movies, music, just all forms of storytelling at a very young age. And I have just, I just absorbed it so much. And it's just, it's kind of consumed my life. I mean, like, since I was little, I've wanted to make a movie. I remember when my mom got their first camcorder that the family ever saw. Fucking thing was huge. You loaded a full-sized VHS tape into that son of a bitch. And it was heavy. Bro weighed like eight pounds. It was like a goddamn bowling ball on the shoulder. Um, but I was like, this is all around the same time. I was like six, seven before we moved to the other side of town, so, yeah, it was when we lived in the White House, <laughs> the White House, um, I remember, it, 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 we would watch, kind of as a family, America's Funniest, Funniest Home Videos, when it aired, you know, and I was always like, oh man, it'd be so cool to get a video on there and, and win a bunch of money, that'd be so cool, and then when we got the video camera, I was like, oh, it's on, it's fucking on, like, my dad got the video camera for my mom for Christmas with a, like a fucking case of blank tapes, dude. Like 24 blank tapes. You know, it's over, I think it's like 120 fucking hours of footage. But um, my first little video that I wanted to make, I directed it and I made my mom shoot it because I was in it with my other brothers. And nowadays it would be very offensive, so I'm not going to tell you what it was. I will tell you, though, however, we had a lot of fun. It's not really that offensive, but, I mean, whatever. And then a few years later, but I, I also got in trouble for touching the video camera. And that's how I talked my mom into shooting it for me, is because I wasn't allowed to touch the damn thing. Uh, um, but a few years after that... She had lost interest in it, like she always does with all the shiny new electronics that my dad buys her. I had actually found it in its case with its battery and charger. And we had, I mean, there still were the days of VHS, so we still had tons of blank tapes. And uh, me and my brothers and our friends, we were by this time smoking cigarettes and smoking weed and drinking beer. And we were big fans of uh, Beavis and Butthead on MTV. And so I wanted to shoot a parody of Beavis and Butthead with my older brother and his friend. And so we did. I got the camera out, charged up the batteries, made sure everything ran. I remember doing like a test shoot outside to make sure it's, everything still worked. And checked it and was like, great. And then came up with like a story idea and like a little script. I didn't write anything down. I just told them to like, it was kind of like an improv thing. I was just like, here's the situation. You know, I, I was sitting there filming from the door, kind of like, it was the TV, like, you know, because of, yeah, it was fun. We did the, we did the whole thing. Did a little episode of Beavis and Butthead, man. Those the, and those were the two video, the first two videos I ever made. They were on VHS. Those things are fucking gone, lost to time. Yeah. I wonder if my brother, fucking Mike's crazy ass, remembers that day. <sighs> yeah. <clears throat> so we talked about horror films. Let's talk about stand-up comedy real quick. Uh, we're coming up on a half an hour, and I figured that's probably enough to be listening to my ass. Um, where did I? I think it was 
first stand-up comedy special I caught on HBO. Uh, and I would I would watch my favorite horror movies. That's where I would find you know, Nightmare on Elm Street films, Friday the 13th, Halloween, come on, you know. And I'm, I think that it was, I think it was uh, Sinbad's Brain Damaged was the first stand-up special I ever saw. And that shit was hilarious. And it kind of took, it kind of took me, it was kind of weird because he didn't swear at all. I can't remember how long it was. I think it was an hour, an hour special. And there was this adult that just stood up there and was making me fucking laugh my ass off. And it wasn't swearing. It was crazy. I loved it. So I fell in love with stand-up comedy. And HBO would put out comedy specials, I think like once or twice a year. But they would also re-air, you know, all the ones that they had done in the past. And so that's where I learned about George Carlin, Richard Pryor, uh, Sam Kennison. Well, actually, I'd seen Sam Kennison on Saturday Night Live. My brother, and, my brother Jeff and his wife would come over one night. And we had all stayed up late with them, talking, having fun. And they were like, oh, we got to catch Saturday Night Live. And my mom was like, oh, just put it on here. Don't go anywhere. And so we watched Saturday Night Live. And I think Sam Kennison was on or something like that. And I saw Sam Kennison because of my brother Jeff. I can't really remember how. I never really liked the screamers, though. Like, even today, the YouTubers that are like, hey, what's up, everybody? Coming at you. I'm going to just yell and scream and get your attention. I don't. As you can tell, I'm not, that's not my style. <laughs> that's not how I like to do things. But no, man, growing up, yeah. I mean, it was I was all about stand-up comedy and sketch comedy, like Saturday Night Live, In Living Color, Upright Citizens Brigade, Kids in the Hall, National Lampoons. Okay, so there's there, earlier I said I don't really like comedy movies. Of course. That's not like a hard and you know hard rule. There's some that slip by. I mean, like I like National Lampoons, uh, the Vegas or not the Vegas Vacation, just the National Lampoons Vacation and Christmas Vacation. Those two were pretty fucking funny. And Airplane was good. There's just I mean, there's just not that many comedy films that I find funny. Even films that are by some of my favorite stand-up comedians from back in the day, like Adam Sandler. Like, I loved Adam Sandler when I was a kid. Loved him on SNL. Loved his albums that he would put out. Like, they're, like they're just going to laugh at you, I think was one of them, or they're all going to laugh at you, something like that. Great stuff, man. His movies fucking suck, though. <laughs> I know everyone else likes them, but I just, I don't. So, yeah. Getting scared and laughing. I love it. If you know me, then you know that's what I do. I'll sneak up behind you and scare the shit out of you and then have you fucking shit in your pants laughing for the rest of the day. That's just me. And if you've made it this far, thanks for listening. Have a good one. Heard in my stupid lovely brain are produced by Righteous Foot. Check them out on SoundCloud.